Good afternoon and happy Labor Day and welcome to Brackets, Bubbles and Bid Steelers. Sam Fetterman, Jonathan Litskin, as always with you. And Maddie Hartley is here and we're going to be talking Kansas. Rock Chalk. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm super excited. I've been looking forward to this all weekend. So, Yeah, I mean, we've been looking forward to it as well. We will have Kyle Tucker on eventually to talk Kentucky. There was a miscommunication there. So if you were waiting for the Kentucky preview, wait a little longer. <laughs> we'll get, we'll um, get it done. Don't worry. Michigan State with Carter Elliott is at 3 o'clock after this. But we're going to get started and talk some, some Kansas, KU, because that was – this is going to be a fun team. Let's start with the obvious. There is no more Jalen Wilson. There is no yep. more Grady Dick. There is no more outside scoring threat. But the biggest fish, perhaps in transfer portal history, is Hunter Dickinson. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm really excited to see what he brings to the team. I know last year we lacked having that true big on the team. And so bringing him in is huge. And still having some of the production and some of the leadership from last year, like Kevin McCuller is going to play such a, such a big role this year, especially now that like Jalen and Grady are gone. I think McCuller's role is really going to just get a lot bigger. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm really hopeful for a good year from KJ Adams and then Dewan. obviously it's going to be his last season. So. Uh, yeah, but here, here's wanna... the question that I have about this Kansas team. Yes. If I told you that the second leading scorer on a team was Kevin McCullough, would you say, oh, I think that team can win a national championship? I wouldn't be I honest. Told you <laughs> the second leading scorer was Dewan Harris. Do you think that's a team that, like, are these skill sets that mesh together? Are you at all concerned about that? With Dewan, I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned about Kevin either. I really love the defense that McCullough brings to the table. That's the big thing there. Um, thinking second highest score is really hilarious, but um, it's just hilarious to think that's the reality of it and just the kind of team. But um, at the end of the day, it is a Bill Self coach team, and he knows how to get it. He knows how to get it done with what he has. And I think this team next, like for this upcoming season has more potential than they did last season coming off a national championship, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I can see that. I think the talent on the roster just as a whole, it's deeper. I mean, mm -hmm. El Marco Jackson is that's a that's a guy that they didn't have last year. He's brought he's better than MJ Rice, um, in my opinion. Yeah. More explosive. I think and MJ Rice, I think, is gonna have a solid year at NC State. I think that's a really interesting piece that Kevin Keats added to that equation. But Marco Jackson, super explosive. His play speed is really interesting because he can slow it down in the half court really well. And then you have Nick Timberlake and Arterio Morris. There's more depth on this team, mm -hmm. but it lacks that second punch because you're obviously going to get 18 and 10 from Hunter Dickinson. He's going to be a national player of the year contender because, I mean, when was the last time he was on a team like this? And he was a national player of the year contender as a freshman. And Bill Self, obviously, we know what a team coach by him can do. But the efficiency of the offense has suffered in years when it's centered around a big. Jonathan, you've talked about this. Yeah, Maddie, that's one thing I did want to ask you. Um, I know KJ Adams in the offseason has been very vocal about 
one not wanting to play the five again this year. He he's more undersized and probably more fit to play the four. How do you think his game sort of expands this year with bringing in Hunter Dickinson and moving him to the four? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I'm just kind of we saw a lot of good out of KJ. I really liked writing about KJ. I really liked getting to cover his game, and so now, like I said, we lacked a true big. We and that's really where KJ struggled because I think it was kind of expected for him to be the best we had between him and Zach Clements. So him, I feel like he'll have more opportunities to really shine instead of not being expected to be that kind of role. Yeah, I I think KJ specifically is a lot more fit to be a four just because not only because of his size, but he's really good at switching screens and you can kind of put him in those situations more so. So, and he can be more of a lob threat, I think. And he's super athletic, too. My thing with KJ Adams is this is a guy that you can use as a cutter. Dickinson can pass out of the high post. You can use KJ Adams as a cutter in the low post as well, get him in the dunker spot. You can run a lot of different sets. And I do think that this will still be, obviously, an interior-oriented team. It was interior-oriented last year because Jalen Wilson was not not really a three-point shooter, even though he thought he was sometimes. Yeah. It was um, a lot. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You, you continue. I was just going to go back to how athletic KJ is. Every time I would watch KJ play and he would do something. And um, I was always sitting with the other people from the Kansas and we talk about his athleticism and like KJ could play football if he wanted to. He's just an athletic dude. He's fast. I just, I really like what he brings to the Jayhawks. So. Yeah, like I genuinely wouldn't be shocked if KJ Adams has one of those Mo Alley Cox timelines and plays tight end in the NFL. No, exactly. I'm like he could he could absolutely be a tight end if he really wanted He's to. He's six seven with what two fifty? He's two forty. Yeah. yeah. With and it's- great speed and great size, and he switches. He's probably in terms of everyone in the country, a top five most switchable player. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Uh Maddie, I want to ask you real quick about Dewan Harris because I, I go to Mizzou and I think I'm one of the biggest Dewan Harris fans on the planet, which mm-hmm. I think says something. I, I think Dewan is maybe the most underrated player in the entire country. The way he controls the game, the way he guards, the way he can pass. Is, is there a chance that we see maybe a better shooting year or a better scoring year from him? Yes, I absolutely think so. I think last year we definitely saw a couple games where Dewan showed what his potential could be as a scorer, and then there were games where he was just completely ice cold. One of the things I can think of was I went up to Ames for that game, and that was probably his worst game all season. Um, I don't see that happening frequently. I think, um, especially with Jalen gone, I think this is Dewan's year to step up and not necessarily fill the exact same role that Jalen did. Like definitely not. Yeah, that would be a but, disaster. Yeah, but in terms of in terms of production, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, if Dewan Harris is this team's second leading scorer, I honestly think that's probably the best outcome. Mm-hmm. Of like a Dewan Harris is more aggressive attacking the basket. Dewan Harris is a better three point shooter because he's a good corner three point shooter. He he hit a lot of corner threes last year. Yeah, I'm not, I'll, I'll I can pull it up on CBB Analytics exactly what his percentage was but it felt like it was really good from the corner and this is a guy that we know is one of the best game managers in the country 
He's really active defensively. I think Dewan Harris, if he if he's a more aggressive offensive player and averages 12, 13 points a game and is Kansas' second leading scorer, that is how you have a national champion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you get that and then the defense that he's been known to have and you put that on top of what McCuller can bring, then I don't see any reason why KU doesn't at least make it to the Elite Eight. So I'm thinking of a different Kansas guard from the past, last 10 years, that had a similar arc in terms of really good defensively from the start and developed, kept developing as an offensive player. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? I'm talking about Marcus Garrett. I'm talking about Marcus Garrett. Hmm. If Dewan Harris continues his Marcus Garrett arc, that would help. The, I, I, ta- I think I talked. How many times did I reference Marcus Garrett last year? I feel I like think- it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, and just another thing to kind of add here. Bill Self is one of these coaches, and there are very few of them, that he can continue developing players later into their careers. Like, we saw it with Garrett. We we and know Wilson, that, like... Jalen Wilson. We saw it with Abaji. Most players and on in most programs, the biggest jumps they'll take are freshman to sophomore and then sophomore to junior when they're still younger and getting used to the college game. At, at Kansas, it doesn't feel like that ever stops. It feels like, especially with their guards that these guys just keep getting better and better even into their senior and, and now COVID years. Yeah, I mean, I look at, I mean, the number one guy is obviously Marcus Garrett, but Jalen Wilson is like that too. This was a guy who was third, fourth option. He was he was a non-factor offensively for the national championship team. Let's be real here. But I did love the rebounding that he brought to that team, and I kept saying that all yeah. tournament long. I was like, yeah. Jalen Wilson's the best rebounder on the court when they played against Creighton. He was the most physical player on the court when they played against Creighton, and that's why they won. Um, but last year, we saw an element to his game with his ability to just straight-line drive. Now, is Dewan Harris a straight-line drive guy? No, he's never going to be. He's not six seven, and that's fine. He's a guard, and he's going to still make his money on the defense and playmaking. But if he can add a little bit of that aggression – driving the lane, drawing fouls, hitting free throws, just maybe be an efficient, a more efficient and effective scorer. It's asking a lot, but it's not asking something that we haven't seen before from Bill Self's development team. Oh, yeah. And um, you were talking about, like, the evolution of some past players, like Jalen, for example. Like, getting to watch him evolve from the role he had on the national championship team, like you said, and then what he put up last year was insane. It was so special. And then getting to watch him evolve as a person, too, was just a lot. And it really shows just how good of a coach Bill Self is to get those kind of guys into National Player of the Year contenders and um, just really solidify them onto the team as, like, the glue that holds the team together. So I really – it's definitely in the cards for Dewan Harris, and I think it's more probable than not that he is going to step up and have that kind of production. Yeah, and the the key, the other key here is that who do you think ends up playing the two guard? Do you think it's going to be Morris or Timberlake or Almarco? My guess, I kind of want to say Almarco. If I'm being honest, really, mm-hmm. that's I, because yeah. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought they would start the freshman. I mean, it could. It kind it, of, I like Timberlake a lot. I really, I really want to see more from non 
conference play like to start? I'm trying to think who we open the season with. Which terrible Kansas. I, I have this last NC Central. Oh, can you see who our exhibition team is? Because last year we opened oh, with Pittsburgh. Oh, State, no, so I, I, I didn't have that on here. It's Fort Hayes State. I'm looking at the website right now. Okay. And then, right. they, and then they play that charity exhibition against yeah. Illinois, too. Um, but, yeah, I think it's always been interesting because I feel like South has been more a, a little less lenient with fre- freshmen. He'll tend to lean older guys. but And then again, like we saw a guy like Malik Newman start – start on a team that reached the final four. So I think his goal is obviously going to be to get the best lineup combination out there. That's going to put them in the Mm -hmm. best position to succeed. And Sam, I think you've probably watched Nick Timberlake a lot more than I have. I don't know how much he brings to the table defensively, but the guy can Mm -hmm. shoot the ball. So defensively it's, it's not his strong suit, but (laughs) Bill self could get him to play himself. And like, when you have a guy that's as dominant in the low post as Hunter Dickinson is, it's pretty beneficial to be able to spread the floor with with a guy like Timberlake that you can't help off of. The thing about Dickinson is he like he's a weird mover. Mm-hmm. Like his movements are, I don't, I wouldn't say choppy. No, but, but he, I it's wouldn't say clean either. It, it's it's such a it's just a mm-hmm. violent movement. The way he moves. So it's hard. I don't think he's a great small area mover. It, but it's weird because, like, he. I don't think he – I agree with you. I don't think he's super fluid in his movements, but he's super strong and he's super coordinated. Yeah. Which, which makes I mean, up for it. The and only then, guy, really the only guy – I mean, him and Cliff were, like, the only guys that were at any point somewhat strong enough to fend off Edie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's – and Hunter, like Hunter's a very good good defender. But yeah, Hunter's I, one of the best defenders in the country. I, I and McCullough is one. And I know I dog on McCullough a lot because I think he's a pretty crap offensive player. And but you know what? This is a guy who was a solid contributor for a really good Texas Tech team. One that was a one that was what a couple plays away from the Elite Eight. Um, and he was a really solid contributor, even offensively for this Kansas team last year. And he's one of the best wing defenders in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Defensively, this Kansas team will be up there as one of the best in the country. Look, what what were they last year in defense? 11th? It mm-hmm. feels like they could be 7th or 8th this year. And I almost like hate to say it because he was so good for them just getting to the rim and on the offensive end of the court, but Kansas would t- there would be games where Kansas would take Jalen Wilson out and they would go on a run just because they would be so much better defensively with him off the floor. Granted, yeah. I- I'm not trying to dog on Jalen Wilson. Kansas absolutely needed him to score last year and needed him on the floor, but th- they they do get better defensively by taking him out of the game. I think looking back on some of the things I said about Jalen Wilson last year, I kind of regret saying he was like their fourth most important player at times. I don't think you I don't think he was ever their fourth most important or saying player, that but... he was the most overrated star in the country, which are which were both things that I said. <laughs> but I I regret saying that because I'm looking at a Kansas team without that type of penetrative scoring and it just wouldn't work at all last year because they wouldn't have anything in terms of scoring. I mean Grady Dick could shoot that shoot the lights out but this is not a guy that was not a line drive he was not driving to the basket well he was cutting a little bit and he was actually really impressive in transition i thought 
Grady Dick was their best transition player last year. Um, they weren't great in transition as a team. No. I'm pretty much out of, out of things to, to add, so. I mean, I don't think I'm out of things. I want to talk about Arterio Morris. Go, go for it, Sam. I mean, this is a guy who averaged like six points a game last year at Texas. He was not like the most impressive player, but talented recruit. And I didn't particularly like him as a recruit. I thought he was talented, but there wasn't, there also wasn't a ton of film available for me to watch. I think that it's more of a two, three year investment for Kansas than a one year. But I also wouldn't be shocked if he starts and is their second leading scorer. Like someone should take bets as to who the second leading scorer for Kansas would be. Like we need a, we need like an odds list. Yeah, I think, I think the second leading score is probably going to be Dwan. Like, just that's really my honest answer on that one. And I think that's the best case scenario, unless it's the same Dewan from last year. Like, I, I just, think- I don't think it will. Just going with the trend of how players evolve under Bill Self. Yeah, I, and I just that, think that, that, team wins, that team wins that game if Bill Self's on the sideline against Arkansas, no doubt. Oh, don't get me started. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> they just like. At the end of that game, and like Maddie, I'm sorry to give you bad memories, uh, but you, at the you, end of that you can game, say anything like, you want about the Duke Tennessee game or the Missouri Princeton game. Go okay. ahead. Um, but it just it looked like Kansas didn't really have an answer or a plan to stop Devo Davis at the end of that game, and it's just like Kansas wins close games, like that's their thing, and because it's, it's it's a lot of the reasons they have the best coach in the country. Bill. Yeah, I agree. Bill self on the sidelines wins that game, but also Bill self isn't out there missing all the free throws that they missed that game. That was such a huge thing that really effed them up. Sorry. I don't know if I could say that on here. I don't know what the audience is, but there's not really, much of an audience. Yeah. Let's be honest here. <laughs> it's like that. I was actually, I was bored. So I was rereading some of my old articles last night and I reread my last one on Jalen when the season ended. And I, that was a great one. I thank you. I forgot how much I really liked writing it and how like actually good. I thought it was because I was so sad writing it and I was like ready to get it over with. And so I just turned it in and then I ran away from it and I didn't look at it again until yesterday. And I was like, Oh, I actually, actually kind of cooked here. I'm not going to (laughs) lie, but yeah, no, it just like it brought back just how frustrating that game was, especially for the little things like missing all of their free throws and like watching that happen in real time was so. That was the first game I was actually like really courtside for because the media seating at Allen Fieldhouse is like in the round, like literally the rafters. Yeah, I mean, I just look at that game and I say, all right. Kansas came out super strong. It looked like Arkansas had no plans. I even made a tweet, yeah. Jonathan. I'm sure you remember this one, where I said Arkansas staff more focused yeah. on more focused on the transfer portal than game planning for Kansas. And Arkansas fans found that tweet. Yeah, that was that was only a couple hours before my my Seb Jasper tweet. If you, oh, you famously remember that, eventually we'll eventually we will do an Auburn preview with Zep Jasper. <laughs> If Sorry, Auburn preview. <laughs> what do you say? Auburn preview. Auburn, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but that game, it came down to the fact that Kansas was out physical by a physical team. And we talked about this, Jonathan and I, 
before the tournament started that the types of teams that could beat Kansas were the deep and physical teams. Yes. That was exactly I, what Arkansas was. I remember I wanted Illinois to win the Illinois-Arkansas matchup because I was terrified of Arkansas for a good reason. Because, like, we saw KU play actual athletic teams in conference play, and it was – it was hard. It was pretty tough. And so whenever I knew it was going to be Arkansas, I was like, I'm not convinced Cage is winning this game. I'm not. I mean, yeah, the closest Big 12 comp for Arkansas is TCU. Right. And TCU came into Allen Fieldhouse. And on my birthday. Was, on my was, birthday. That was probably the single most surprising, just like in conference between two tournament teams result of the season. Yeah. Well, especially and- um, KU was coming off a loss to K-State. And so I was like, there's no way. KU's losing back-to-back games, and then they did, and then they played Baylor that following Monday, and I was like, there's no way KU loses three games in a row, and then they did. And so it was at that point where I was like, I don't think this team's going to go very far, but I did think they would go further than the round of 32. I want to see, what did I tweet around that time about Kansas? I'm just I'm gonna just going to add, add in here real quick. I was at the SEC tournament the week before Kansas lost to Arkansas, and I got to see Arkansas play twice. And obviously, if you follow college basketball, like everyone knows how good of a coach Eric Musselman is. And Arkansas last, I picked Arkansas to beat Kansas, especially once Bill Self wasn't coaching, just because in a close game, like I would trust Musselman over the Kansas assistant coaches. Mm -hmm. For, For me, it's Arkansas is just such a tough matchup in the tournament because we and we saw it with Gonzaga the year before because it's just they have a good coach and they're just even though they were injured that a lot last year it's just going to be your athletes against their athletes like that's that's all it's going to be and Eric Mosselman does an extremely good job of just bringing in guys that are super super vertical very athletic and also pretty skilled on top of that they just never put it together until the end of the year. Sam, did you find your? Tweet? I don't think I don't think I said much about them, honestly. I was doing a Saturday. I, show. I was doing it. I was doing an early Saturday um, NFL playoff preview. I think um, when Kansas was playing TCU at Allen Fieldhouse, and just like remember, like having the game pulled up on my computer and Shahada Wells is talking shit to Kansas players, and I just was so confused to what was going on. I remember I was at. I actually don't think I was at a game on the 21st. Was I? I know I was at a game on the 22nd. Was, was that the day Mizzou played Alabama? I, th- I think that's the game I was probably at. Oh, no, I was at – where was I on the 21st? I wasn't anywhere, but I tweeted a bunch of stuff about, like, random games around the country. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I remember – I do remember, though – the next, like, I tweeted about Baylor's backcourt after they beat Kansas. because, And then I remember watching a little bit of that Baylor-Kansas game on the 18th of February, that Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I watched the first half. I didn't watch the second half. Right, yeah, yeah because KU was down going into the half. Yeah, and yeah. they were Jordan down pretty big. Right. Yeah, I don't remember exactly, but I think it was more than 15. It was, it was a 15-point game. I remember that. Yeah, Ke- Keontae George was making literally every shot. Yeah, and yeah. that was like the that was and I was I've always been a big Keontae George fan, but that was the day where I was like, okay, Keontae George is 
going to be a star in the NBA. Like he's going to be an NBA scoring, like a scoring guard that will just be a stud. And I still think that he's going to be so good for the Jazz. That was such a great pick. Um, the, the Jazz did such a good job getting him and Hendricks. But regardless of that, KU is going to be so much deeper this year because you can now take Dewan Harris out of the game and have El Marco Jackson and or have Nick Timberlake, guys that have handled the ball before. Aside from, I mean, Bobby Pettiford last year was, I mean, there, there's a reason he's at East Carolina now. Yeah. Um, Ernest Uday was not ready. Which so, yeah. makes me sad because I really, I really liked Ernest, um, but I wasn't surprised to see him go. I just yeah. wish, he, I wish he could have been um, around to develop. I, also, I think I, out of I also all- wanted to see how Zuby Edgefor would develop. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm now interested to see how he develops with Rick Pitino. I mean, he's he's going to be coached by another by another Hall of Famer. Oh yeah. So, Just out I, of all of the bench pieces we lost, I was the most sad to see Ernest go for sure. Yeah, I mean, I just look at this KU roster last year versus this year. Last year, a lot of the guys on the bench they were not ready to play. MJ Rice, no. Bobby Pettiford, Ernest Uday, even Joe Yesifu wasn't really good enough. I mean, they kind of needed Joe Yesifu to be what Remy Martin was in the tournament. And he, mm-hmm. and I, I think he can be like that for Washington State. You, you have, Jonathan, you think he's going to be all Pac-12, right? Yeah, I do think he's going to be all Pac-12 at Wazoo. And I don't think that's a crazy take to say, but I look at him and it wasn't there for Kansas. This year, but this year though, and they still have two spots to fill. Yeah. Off the bench, you'll have Timberlake. Uh, you'll have one of Timber. You'll have two of Timberlake, Morris, and Amarco Jackson. And that just brings so much more to the table than what they had last year. Johnny Furphy's not going to play. Um, I, I would imagine he red shirts. Parker Braun, he's not going to give. Wait, is it Brown? Is is he Christian's brother? It's, it's, yes, that it's is Parker Brown. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Parker Brown. I was about to say because I think former that's Mizzou Christian's Tiger. Brother. Parker Brown, he's not going to do too much. No. Zach, but Zach Clemens has experience. He's been there. Remember when he was going to go to UC Santa Barbara? Yeah. yeah. Um, I wish he would have stayed there. I'm a, I'm a Zach hater to my. I kind of wish he stayed there too. I would have had Santa. I would have had UCSB in my top 100 if he stayed. I wish, like, I don't understand how he was allowed to come back, but well, they they needed guys. Really, I know they, they needed guys, but it just. I just hated watching him play. Like I, he would get on the court, and I would be angry. <laughs> I yeah, just so there's mad. guys like that. But I think that having him is better than having nobody. In, as this, well, yeah. And I do, and I do think that Dickinson in foul trouble. And oh, look, you slide KJ Adams to the five. Mm-hmm. KJ Adams in foul trouble. Oh, look, you just play with you just play small. Now, if Dickinson and Adams are in foul trouble, then I think KU's in trouble. And I think that's certainly a, a possible outcome of a bunch of games. Yeah. Yeah. I Although, look, you, you got to remember with a, with any Kansas team, the coaching, they will outcoach anybody. They will outcoach anybody. They will, even if the KU teams, the best KU teams aren't the post-oriented ones. Even if the best KU teams have a guard like Ochai Abaji or Frank Mason or whatever, even if or Mario Chalmers for 
or Devon Dotson or yada, yada, yada. Any, any great guard to come through KU. It doesn't matter, though, because at the end of the day, Bill Self's going to find a way to make this team a one or a two seed. I mean, they've been the lowest seed they've been since Bill they Self. Were, they were a four seed in the 2019 tournament, right? They, they haven't been lower than a four seed since 2000. Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I was born in 03, and I don't remember them ever being below four. Here, I, I could give you right now, from Bill Self's tenure, four, three, four, one, one, three, one, one, two, one, two, two, one, 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 four. COVID would have been a one, yeah. three, one, one. I still what think the, the I still think the COVID year team would have won it all. I think that a lot of fan bases claim that Kansas has as good a claim as any. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I think KU would have won it all, but then we wouldn't have gotten Remy Martin to win it all in twenty one. So it's like a trade-off i guess obviously yeah. remy martin wasn't the sole savior of the 21 team but or 21 22 he kind of was the reason why they ended up winning that championship in 22. not the only reason but he was he was a, such a key part in that i mean i said before that tournament that if arizona state remy martin shows up that's how ku wins it all and yeah. They, they needed his scoring. They got 20 against Creighton, 23 against Providence, and 14 yeah. in the title. Yeah. I, really, some... yeah. I don't think we win without Remy. Yeah, Obviously. I don't think they win without Jalen Wilson either. He was yeah. so important in the Creighton game. They oh, don't win sure. They don't win without McCormick, even though right. I was a pretty big McCormick hater. I've, I was the leader the way, of the train. The way McCormick showed up so, like, late. I remember watching. I was with a ton of other KU students watching the Miami game and it was halftime and I was like so defeated and then just coming back and when they came back in the second half I was sold I was like KU's winning KU's winning Natty I don't care and I thought I thought David McCormick was soft all year I thought he was soft you know what you know what happened when they needed him most he He wasn't soft yeah yeah I wasn't the biggest McCormick fan in the regular season but and that's the thing with Kansas, that at the end of the day, no matter how soft you think the team is, no matter how bad you think they are at shooting, no matter how bad you think this team can be at anything else, the at the end of the day, they'll usually have a higher score than the other team through hell or high water. All right, now let's go through the schedule because this is the last thing we got to discuss. NC Central and Manhattan, those should be two wins. Uh, Manhattan should be fun, though, obviously, because John Gallagher and yeah. Mac team. Wonder what the spread's going to be for that game. Still need to figure out a lot more about that Manhattan team. There's a lot of question marks there, but that's a story for another time. Then Kentucky in Chicago. And, Jonathan, you're going to try and get to that, right? I will hopefully be there for that game along with Duke-Michigan State. No, oh, I just that- remembered I can't go to that anymore. <laughs> That's going to be one of the games that defines the early season in terms of college basketball. Because I think Can- I think Kansas could end up blowing the doors off of Kentucky. I, I expect Kansas to look like the much more polished team, the the much better team in that game. I think Kentucky might have have some growing pains early in the year. And I mean, I I don't think Kentucky's going to be that bad. Like I I I think they're going to be fine by by mid year. 
But mm-hmm. that game, if KU wins by 20, 25, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Then they have any they have Maui next, right? Maui, yeah. And it starts in Sham against Shamanad. Uh, if they lose to Shamanad, then that would be a problem. Yeah, uh, the emergency pod. Emergency. Well, we probably do one anyway that night. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Wait, wait, wait. What? What? What's the date there? Eleven twenty. Over like Thanksgiving. I don't know the exact. I don't because I, I, I have a schedule of games that I'm working on for what I'm going to that week. And like, obviously, we we don't know what's going on with. Maui because of the fires there. It's going to be but somewhere. They're going to Ma- play. Maui does usually open up on Monday of Thanksgiving week. Well, they're going to play the tournament. I don't. It doesn't. I don't know where. Yeah. Though. Well, yeah. They're not canceling the games. We just we don't know if it's actually going to like. I, I suspect it's a little unlikely they play in Maui. Yeah. No, they're not going to play in Maui. Back to South Dakota they go. <laughs> the Stanford Pentagon, the best venue for college basketball. Yeah, Baylor Gonzaga. Uh, then, then they play the winner of UCLA Marquette, which is going, which is going to be like a game of the year type game. UCLA yeah. Marquette probably. Maui just always delivers. Maui Maui's great. It's it's so sad that Syracuse is just going to be handed two losses in Maui. Syracuse <laughs> opens with Tennessee, right? Tennessee, and then, and then the loser of Purdue Gonzaga. Mm. Fine. Final score of Syracuse, Tennessee, 65-43, Tennessee. Man, Judah's going Judah's gonna to score like 23 in that game. But the rest of the team is going to score like 27. 66 Who's on the other side of that bracket? It's um, Purdue-Gonzaga. Purdue-Gonzaga, Syracuse. Okay. But I really like this bracket. It's, it's one of the best brackets we've seen. Because we've got top five team, Tennessee. Top five team Purdue, top five team Kansas, top ten team, top ten ish teams Marquette and Gonzaga, top twenty five ish. Okay. Pause on the UCLA. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Well, I'll get there eventually. <laughs> um, and then after that, you got Eastern Illinois at home. Right, I, I, will... done. I, wa- I wanted to break down a potential matchup with. Oh, go for it. I mean, a Kansas Purdue game, you get the same. Edie against Dickinson matchup that we've loved for so many years um, in the Big Ten. And that would be such a great matchup as well for the KU guards against the Purdue guards because I, the Purdue guards are developing. The KU guards are really fascinating as well. I think that seeing how Bill Self plans against that Purdue offense would be really interesting. Gonzaga, too. I mean, Ryan Nemhard would be. The second best guard would be the set would probably be the second best player on the court in a game against Kansas off the top, off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Graham Ike could arguably be the third. That that was that I I'm really I want to do a Gonzaga preview eventually because I want to talk about them. But I mean, and then even Tennessee, I would love to see how a guy like. Vescovy, or if Ziegler's back, how they could attack this Kansas backcourt and force bad shots. Yeah, and Tennessee's, Tennessee's a team we saw Kansas play last year in, in Atlanta. So the mm-hmm. team that gave them all sorts of problems. You know the Vols will bring it defensively. And in, game, in the third game in three days, that could be a huge challenge. And then UCLA, that's another team with – that's another really young team. I think Kansas would have their way with UCLA 
simply because better coaching, better talent, older. But UCLA is a team to watch down the road. Marquette, again, there's another fascinating team to, to watch out for in this in this mix because mm-hmm. they have so much returning, but they lose Omax. At the end of the day, there could be six teams from this tournament that end up top four seeds in March. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I just realized there's like a legit chance I see Kansas play four non-conference games. Right. And then Eastern Illinois, and then the big one, Allen Fieldhouse against UConn. Yeah. I think I'm going to that. I am oh, so really? excited for that game. Mm-hmm. December 1st. Klingon against Dickinson. This is going to be the first time that Klingon goes. At, well, okay. I need to look at this, the rest of the UConn schedule. But I think I think this is going to – well, no, he's going to face Baycott. No, that's actually right after this. But, yeah, so this is the first time because he's going to face Kalel Ware, but he's already played Kalel Ware. Um, and then Texas, Caden Shedrick, it's not the same. But this is – so Clarence Daniels, New, New Hampshire, like he's good, but no. Um, this is going to be the first time he goes one-on-one with a truly elite big man for 40 minutes, mano a mano. I am so excited to see what Dickinson and Klingon do in the post in that game. Yeah. Uh, then Kansas City, and then, of course, the border showdown with Mizzou. Kansas won that game very easily yeah, here at Mizzou last, last year. This is Missouri this fans Missouri fans showed up three hours before the game only to leave <laughs> – only to leave at the first media. Three hours, dude. I was there at nine a.m. Sorry, seven hours before the game. I, I, only I was to leave at the first media. Hours. It it was it was a great time. And you right and, and, and all the fans left at the first media because it was already twenty five nothing. Yeah, it was kind of pathetic, honestly. Now the whole thing there. They'll play Indiana as well, and then you get the grind. Another team they killed schedule. last year. And a new Big 12 schedule. Now, unfortunately, UCF does not go to Allen Fieldhouse. Jonathan, you still there? I'm back. I don't know why my wife, I just went out. UCF does not go to Allen Fieldhouse, so we cannot use our line. That's that's disappointing, if I'm being honest. But there it's still the odds are still so low of Johnny Dawkins beating KU wherever that game is played that Mikey Williams winning National Player of the Year is a similar bet. You're not wrong. I think with Houston in the league, with a really good Iowa State team, at the end of the day, this is going to be a top – this is going to be a top five team in the country at Kansas. Mm-hmm. But the question is, can they have the juice scoring-wise to win in March? Can they have the guards to win in March? Gun to my head. I'm saying no right now. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Now, by, by, by the way, I don't mean like they won't win a game or win, won't make a Sweet 16. <laughs> I'm just looking at this and saying out of the teams, out of the teams in the top 10, I feel like there's more, you get more scoring punch, obviously from Duke, from Creighton, from Villanova, from USC, from Arizona, Gonzaga. I mean, I just 
at the end of the day, it could be there. I wouldn't say don't bet on it, but I wouldn't confidently say bet on it. Yeah, I get where you're coming from there. Um, but I also would say that Kansas is like I think plus one forty to win the Big Twelve, and that's a bet I would would make. They, yeah. they win the they win the conference every year. Yeah. They're the best team in the league. Maddie, any final thoughts? Um, obviously, I grew up in Kansas, so my natural instinct is yes, KU is going to win in March. <laughs> but um, I also I have learned to stop having too much hope, too much optimism on it, just based on all my other team teams every year. Yeah, like one team wins. Yeah. I know. Um, again, they are going to win. They're going to win the Big 12. There's no question there, I don't think. But I, like I said last for last season, I thought they would make it past the round of 32, and they didn't. Obviously, Anything there's a lot that went into that. but And I think, again, the result would have been different if Bill Self was there. But who knows? Yeah. At the end of the day, this is what we love about college basketball. The fact that KU is always a tough out every year, no matter what their team looks like. And at the end of the day, they've only won two championships in the last 20 years, in the last 30 years, despite being the most consistent program in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the great, this is college basketball at its finest. You look at Bill Self the way that this team is constructed, it's not perfect. But at the end of the day, you expect Bill Self to get the job done and take this team, win at least two tournament games with them at maybe three or four. Could win six. I wouldn't bet on it. Wouldn't bet on any team winning six. But and that's what that's what's so cool about March is that you don't know who's gonna get hot at the right time. You don't know who's gonna win. You, you don't know, know who's gonna have the best path. Yeah, that's well, why I never like, well, I even never make the, a national champion prediction until the bracket comes out. Well, even the teams that you're like, oh, they, one of the higher seed teams, they could lose to a 16 in the first round, which I just want to go on record and say I was convinced Purdue would lose to Memphis in the second round, and then obviously Memphis. We all round. were. We all yeah. were. <laughs> I That was like my most confident lock on my bracket. I was like, Purdue is, I was like, Purdue's going to win round one. They're getting breaks blown off them by Memphis, and then I kept going back and forth between Memphis and FAU, but I knew they were going to beat Kansas, whoever won. Sorry, Purdue. Yeah, yeah, I know what you meant. All right, anything like, else? It doesn't matter we... who wins. I was like, doesn't matter who wins that game. They're beating Purdue. Anything else before we finish? I got nothing. Just yeah, go home, go I got on. everything. <laughs> All right, we'll definitely get Maddie on during the season to talk KU or really anything Big Twelve because. It's a it's a fun team to talk about. There's a lot of talking points. If we won't have Michigan State today, we had something that had to push back. Whatever, we'll find another team to do today. We will find another team to do today. Whether that's Northwestern or Houston or anything, we will have another team to do today. Just stay tuned. Thank you.